Really good question. Good morning, everyone. I'm Cindy, and I'm here today to talk to you a little bit about the missing piece at Christmas time, particularly about the idea of expectation and anticipation. And I wonder, do you have any Christmas expectations this year? Or have you had any Christmas expectations over the years that maybe weren't fulfilled? Let me share a little something with you. When I was about seven or eight, I had on my Christmas wish list, which was stuck on the fridge, number one present, a Barbie doll. Now, you guys over there might think that that's ridiculous, but this just wasn't any Barbie doll. This particular Barbie doll was... Golden Dream Barbie doll. Look at her. She's gorgeous, right? I can see that all of you want one of these. She had her own handbag. She had that little stole thing going on. This was her going out outfit, but she had other outfits. But just to humour you this morning, to show you the kind of time that I grew up in, which was the 1980s, here's a little commercial of Golden Dream Barbie. Please forgive the stereotypes. Feel free to giggle along. Golden Dream Barbie Beautiful Introducing beautiful Golden Dream Barbie doll Hey girls, our guests will be here soon Quick, let's get Barbie ready New Golden Dream Barbie has glittery golden colored quick curl hair You can style with her play curling iron Gorgeous outfit Sparkling jewelry Barbie's spectacular She's Golden Dream Barbie daddy No wonder (laughs) Golden Dream Barbie doll comes with all you see here She's new from Mattel I mean, how good is she, right? Golden Dream Barbie. I actually ended up getting her because my older brother, who's 10 years older than me, had his first job and was earning money. So I got Golden Dream Barbie. What about these guys? Pair of roller skates. Now, this 10-year-old older brother, he started off with these little tin can roller skates on the side here, which were handed down to my next brother and then my sister and then to me. But you might notice in the middle there's this little sort of nut and bolt thing, which means that the skates could extend so you would never, ever, ever grow out of them, which was terrible because you don't want to rock up at school with those when all the other girls have got these. (laughs) And some of the girls had them in pink as well. But I did end up getting those. But it really does make you wonder. Christmas is full of expectations and particularly in the world that we live in here around Ringwood, so much consumerism, so many expectations. And I wonder what yours are. Perhaps you have expectations of presents or maybe you have expectations of your family Christmas in a couple of days' time and whether or not your Uncle Joe or Auntie Sue will behave herself or maybe even your holidays. What are you expecting? Because the truth of the matter is that we're rushing around buying presents, making sure that we've got the right thing for everybody and perhaps we've forgotten about this guy here. It's Jesus' birthday and perhaps we're just so busy getting organised that we forget that he's there and he's ready to be celebrated. Like, yoo-hoo, here I am, don't forget about me. Have we forgotten to get excited about expecting Jesus at Christmas? Let me share a little story with you. If we look in the Bible at this couple, Elizabeth and Zechariah, we'll notice that they are a priestly couple. You may remember a guy called Moses who had the Ten Commandments. Do you remember that story? Has anybody heard of that? Well, Moses had a brother called Aaron, and Aaron was the first priest ever. And Elizabeth was a direct descendant from this Aaron guy all the way down. Talk about ancestry DNA. So she could trace her lineage back all the way to the first priest, and Zechariah as well. And these guys were living at the same time as Mary and Joseph when Jesus was about to be born. 
They were blameless in God's sight, Elizabeth and Zechariah. They spent lots of time in the temple. And one day, um, actually, no, I'll come back to that later. They, they spent lots of time in the temple and they were waiting for this Messiah, somebody who had been prophesied years and years and years earlier, all the way back in the story of Israel. And they were living at a time of King Herod, who was an awful, violent, horrific, horrible, scary ruler. In fact, the whole of Rome, the whole Roman government was violent and it was an awful time to be living. And Zechariah and Elizabeth in this time were also waiting on their own child. They weren't just waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for their own child, but they were old. They were way past childbearing age. I mean, think about maybe the age of your nana or your grandfather and then think, how is that possible that that person could have a baby? That's where these guys were at, Elizabeth and Zechariah. And they'd been waiting. I don't know if you've ever waited for something, but it's hard when it doesn't seem to come about. So one day, Zechariah is in the temple and he's offering prayers on behalf of his Jewish community. And all of a sudden, this angel rocks up, Gabriel, a messenger angel, terrifying it must have been, the same angel, incidentally, that rocked up to Mary to tell her that she was going to have Jesus. Now, Zechariah was scared, but the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Because your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you're going to call him John. Now, this is John the Baptist. You may have heard of him before. He's going to be a joy and a delight to you and many are going to rejoice at his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord and he will prepare people for Jesus. That was his whole function. John the Baptist was going to be the guy that was going to herald the Messiah. Jesus is coming. Get ready. Open your eyes. Open your hearts. The Messiah is coming. That was the role of John the Baptist. And Elizabeth got to play a part by being his mother. So to focus on the story of Elizabeth this morning, there are three things that I want you to take away with. And I'm probably only going to talk for another 10 or 15 minutes, but what I've got to say is massive. So try and stick with me if you can for this short time. Elizabeth was chosen to play a part in God's big storyline, his big picture plan. You see, when Elizabeth and Zechariah were told that they were going to have this baby, they would have thought to themselves, hang on a minute. This sounds familiar because they were familiar with the scriptures. They knew the Jewish history and they knew that there was these ancestors way back from the first book of the Bible in Genesis called Abraham and Sarah. And they too were unable to have a baby and they too were visited by an angel and they too were told that nothing would be impossible for God. So Elizabeth's probably thinking to herself, wait a minute, this is going to be miraculous. This child's going to be significant. And Elizabeth chose to play along with God's plan by being available and being willing and accepting. She recognised that her life was of great value to God. And I wonder for us today, can we do the same thing? Can we be available to God? And can we be playing our part in God's big story? There's this old Jewish rabbi tradition called stringing the pearls. And I want to thank Wes and Shan for this little video picture that I've got here. This idea of stringing the pearls is when a Jewish rabbi tells a story 
And he tells it from scripture and he goes back in time and he shows that each of these scriptures are linked all the way through the Old Testament until the New. And so Elizabeth would have been thinking, wait a minute, Abraham and Sarah, that's like a pearl on a string. It's like God ties a knot in that and that's secure. And then another story, Hannah is expecting a baby and wasn't going to ever have one according to her own thoughts. There's another pearl and another on the same string. And then Rachel. And there's all these stories that Elizabeth would have been connecting. And I wonder about us today. Do we start to think about our lives in that way? Could God be connecting us into his big story? And are we available to do what he's asking us to do? You see, sometimes God asks us to play a great big role, play a big part. For example, for me, I love singing, I love speaking about God, I love writing about God, I love painting about God. It's kind of my big calling. But there are other things too that we can do just to be available. I've had a picture of this young girl all week actually, and I don't know if she's one of our community or not, but I just get a picture that there's this little girl and she likes to just give little flowers. She picks them and she gives them to people and that's being available in her world to bring encouragement to others. I'd be interested to know if there is anybody here who has a girl that does that constantly. Um, But for example, there was a day that I was driving along um, Park Orchards actually and I went to get a coffee at a coffee shop just a normal everyday occurrence to get a coffee at a coffee shop. I walk in and I see the barista and he's yawning. He looks really tired. And I'm walking in and I feel like God is saying to me, Cindy, you could tell him about the dream that he had last night and the plan that I have prepared for him. And I'm like, God, was that you? Or am I just making up weird stuff in my head? That is bizarre. And so I'm standing there and the guy's yawning and he's there and I'm like, do I be available for God? Do I play a part in his plan or do I just dismiss it? I took the first option, which was really scary. And I said to the guy, oh, you look so tired. Have you not been sleeping well? Hoping that he'd say, no, I'm fine and then I could get out of it. But he said, no, no, I haven't been sleeping well. And I said to him, it must be that dream that you've been having about that butterfly. And he looks at me and he puts down the coffee cup and the the milk frother and he goes, wait, are you a psychic or something? And I go, so not psychic, but I am a Jesus follower and sometimes Jesus tells me things in order to bring life and freedom and restoration to other people and I think God wants to say that he loves you and I think that dream's about relationship with your mum and it just went off its head. It was amazing. This guy starts tearing up and he's like, whoa, there is a God. (laughs) And then we had this little discussion about this relationship with his mum and the restoration and It just made me think when I left that I could have chosen in that moment to not be available. I don't know about you, but are there little things that you can do that can make you available for God? The next thing is about Elizabeth was that she was expectant. She was expecting John the Baptist, but she was also expecting the Messiah. The whole Jewish community, in fact, was expecting him. Did you know that it was 400 years before Zechariah and Elizabeth's lifetime, since the last prophecy was given that the Messiah was coming. That is an awfully long time to wait. I mean, how many generations is that, right? 400 years since that prophecy. And yet, this John the Baptist who was about to be born was showing them that the time was near. He was going to come. This Messiah, this Jesus, he was on the way. 
because the Jewish people knew how to read the signs, just like that star that was in that little Christmas play before. Jewish people knew how to read the scriptures. They knew what to expect, and they were reading the signs. In fact, Zechariah, when John the Baptist was finally born, comes out this this beautiful word as John the Baptist is there, and he says that God's sunrise will break in upon us, shining on those in darkness. And what he's actually doing here is he's taking the prophecy from the 400 years ago, which was from Malachi, who says God's going to rise with healing in his wings, which in the Hebrew means total restoration healing, not just physical healing. He's dragging out a 400-word prophecy and he's applying it to John the Baptist and the Messiah, which is Jesus. So they were expecting the Messiah to come and they were very excited about it. I wonder... Are we? Who are we expecting Jesus to be? Because all over our Christmas cards and all over the place we see Jesus as a baby. But are you aware that the baby grows up? Are you aware that Jesus the baby, meek and mild, who softly falls to earth, becomes a grown-up? Strangely enough, it happens in four months because Easter is coming. (laughs) But he does grow up. And here's the spoiler alert. He actually ends up being crucified on a cross because he's not living the way that the Roman government would encourage him to live. He claims he's the king and he spends time with the downcast and the outcast, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the people that nobody else wants to hang out with. So he gets killed, he goes into a grave, but guess what? Another spoiler alert, he rises himself from the dead. I mean, there's no other superhero in the history of the world that can do that, right? I mean, Aquaman's pretty good, Superman's pretty good, but they've got nothing on this. So they were expecting this Messiah to turn the world upside down with this new kingdom order. I wonder, are you expecting Jesus to make a difference in your life at this Christmas? In the next two days before it all finishes and we all flop back on our couches and go, phew, glad that's over. Who are you expecting Jesus to be? Because Elizabeth and Zechariah were expecting great things and were not disappointed. Thirdly, recognising Jesus and being aware. Elizabeth was actually the very first person in the whole wide world to recognise Jesus as the Messiah. There's this little portion in the Bible and scripture that says that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, because Mary, the mother of Jesus, came from another city to be with her for a time, and Elizabeth, when she heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb did this in her womb did this little jump. And not just a normal little jump that babies do, but a supernatural jump. Like a oh, I recognise that person that's in there. And as the baby in here recognised that baby in there, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and recognised the Messiah. I mean, what about us? Are we recognising Jesus in the places where we're moving? There's this scripture that says deep things call to deep things. For me, when I see a friend that I know that is hungry after Jesus, there's a little flutter in here when I see them. It's happened already three times this morning with three separate people. Are you going to recognise Jesus this Christmas? And what will that look like? How will you even know what he looks like? Do you know what to look for? The Bible says that the kingdom of God and what Jesus brings is goodness, it's peace, and it's joy. 
So keep an eye out for those three things. And if you are a Jesus follower, you could get busy bringing those things. I've got my family Christmas today and I'm going to be putting on my goodness and my peace and my joy because that is what is exciting about Christmas. It's the kingdom of heaven that has come to earth. In a couple of days, Vonnie's going to talk to us about Jesus, the missing piece, and how we might recognise him. So I might invite the band up, and as Cash sings this last song, if you guys want to come up, Cash is going to sing this song about who Jesus came to be, and I wonder whether we could do one or all of these three things. Elizabeth was chosen to play a part in God's big plan. And there's these little puzzle pieces around the room at each of these communion tables. And I encourage you to pick one up or pick three up. There's like 1,500 of them because they are from the op shop. So feel free to pick up less than 1,500. And chuck it in your pocket, put it in your wallet, stick it on your mirror at home and ask God, how do you want me to play a part in this big picture? Does it need to be big or can I just do little things for you, Jesus? Do you want to be sewn into that string? Ask him. Take home a puzzle piece. The other thing you might want to do is get expectant and join in with communion today. And if communion is not a familiar thing to you, there is a little card here that will be on the table. You are welcome to pick that up when you pick up your puzzle piece. Take both home. It will explain what communion's about. But if you want to be a part of this body of Christ and take part in what he has done for you to get expectant about the big things that Jesus is bringing, restoration, freedom from brokenness, then take part. Or you might want to get aware and find out how to recognise who Jesus is. Pick up a Bible or get it on the app and read through some stories in Luke. Luke 5 to 10 is a great place to start because it really shows you who Jesus grows up to be and where he's heading. And if Jesus is not familiar to you and you don't know how to recognise him, but you really want to and you think there might be something in this, go and get some prayer afterwards in that little corner where the banner is and take some prayer. So think about that as cash sings, being chosen, pick up a puzzle piece, get expectant about Jesus at Christmas and what a difference he can make in your life. Take communion and get aware and recognise him and read some stories.